0: Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, with the bowl game right around the corner and the recent signing day for BC football, I thought it'd be great to cover Boston College football recruiting. And I reached out to Justin Rowland from Rivals.com, who was nice enough to give us a couple minutes as we talked about BC's football recruiting class. It's a very good podcast with a lot of good details about each commit. First, we'll hear from Chestnut Hill Technologies and Stone Lemon Pizza, and then go right into the podcast. As always, if you're a BC football fan, you should be part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. Also, if you're interested in advertising on this podcast, just email lightscamerasportsads@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's lightscamerasportsads@gmail.com. at gmail.com. All right, as always, thank you so much for listening. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amage Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's Chestnut Hill
1: Technologies. At Stone and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin''s three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go! eagles hello everybody and welcome back again to the lights
0: camera sports podcast presented by chestnut hill technologies i'm your host mike galtieri well bc just had its early signing period and uh, brought in a great class 19 players uh 19 student athletes and i thought it'd be great to uh, reach out to justin Rowland, who covers bc football recruiting first of all justin thanks so much for joining us here and I'm like with every guest, I'm always interested in your background. How did you get involved? Uh, did you play football growing up and how did you get involved in covering recruiting?
2: I played football very briefly in high school that, that was probably when I was at my lowest point athletically and I was not cut out for it hindsight I wish I, I wish I had that's one of my greatest threats from, from you. But I, I, I was that kid at five years old that was watching Center and 12 hours of college football while everybody else was watching our team. So it's been a huge part of my life. And so not surprisingly, when rivals, in its infancy, posted an ad for writers as they were trying to get off the ground, I responded right away because I was already on the team at the and following recruiting and sports. And Mike Farrell took a chance on a 16-year-old and I, I would hope that he would say that it's worked out. It's evolved into covering recruiting for teams all over the country at various times, and now really just covering a couple of teams, and Boston College has always been a big part of the work.
0: That's great. That's excellent. And talk about, too, just – and I like to just talk before we break down the actual recruiting class itself, what do you feel like is the general trend for B.C. and Coach Adazio now as we're entering, I believe it's fifth year with the program. So what's the whole take just as a B.C. as a whole –
2: you know, we were talking about this before the podcast, and I think big picture even beyond recruiting, just off the top of my head, Boston College and Missouri might have been the two most improved, surprising teams from during the last college football season. I mean, Missouri had the great second half of the offense and Boston College. You know, the tone of the fan base really reflects the reality, and I think think people were pretty much sapped of energy, and some good things happened early in the Adazio era, but it seemed like things were fizzling. and I think it's very rare that into a coach's tenure just seemingly out of the blue things just start to quit again and he kind of resurrects himself he changed the narrative and that's a testament to him and, and things definitely look better than they've looked in a very
0: long time and then looking back last year at this time too, did you know that A.J. Dillon was going to be this breakout ACC Rook of the Year star obviously a four-star uh, committed to Michigan switched to BC but just interested what are your thoughts on A.J. Dillon
2: the rivals had him ranked really high pretty much throughout the process. And it's hard for a Massachusetts guy to get a high ranking because we're always of a level of competition and, and they're not scouted always maybe as much. But, but his ranking reflected that people thought very highly of him. I know people close to BC spoke really highly of him as well. But you know, I, I spoke with somebody the other day about, about the running back David Daly in his class, and we'll get to him in a little bit. But they said that he's got a lot of the same actions as Dylan, and they thought Dylan was generational talent. I didn't get that sense. I mean, I thought they, they, they thought he was a really good player, but there was a time when they didn't think they were going to get it. So I think they were kind of deflating their expectations for him. But, you know, once they got him and once he had the, the cat, um, you know, there's no question he's been a phenomenal player and probably, probably better than I anticipated for sure.
0: Okay, great. So let's look ahead this year. First of all, do you like this idea of the early signing class uh, period time and to get it all done by uh, Christmas?
2: I know some people don't like to when others say it's hectic for the coaches because they'll point out these guys are making six figures, sometimes seven figures uh, to coach football. And so, well, hell yeah, they ought to work hard. But if you have families, and I think that it has been a strain. You know, head coaches are going to have in-home visits with all 20 or 25 prospects that they're expecting to sign during this time. They've always kind of done that, but – you know, right before Christmas, it's really been a strain and very stressful and difficult for coaches. I, I would be more in favor of a very early signing period over the summer or maybe even just doing away with a signing period uh, delineation altogether, just letting players sign whenever they want. Um, you know, I, I don't see Jim Pack moving the signing date up from one month from where it was traditionally. I'm surprised that have gotten as many guys to sign early as they have. I, I thought that it would have less of an impact, but it's really basically the term, for all practical purposes, the same as the traditional signing day was. It's really just moved everything
0: up. Okay, so BC, 19 uh, recruits signed, student-athletes, uh, 17 high school captains, Right, I think is a good sign, shows good character with the kids, seven of the players have won state titles, uh, four from Massachusetts, four from Jersey, three from New York, two from Texas, one from Connecticut. Uh, just we, we look at these 19 kids, just in general, your general thoughts, Justin, w- what stands out?
2: Well, this class has, I think the coaches believe, a lot of those tangible, intangibles that you talked about. You know, they, they've got leaders, captains. they've got winners, they champs, uh, guys that came from teams with great records, guys that they come from great programs in Massachusetts and New Jersey, North Jersey. At Texas Highland Park, certainly, um, they hit the normal geographical areas that Boston College is going to recruit. They're going to be heavy in the Northeast. In New England, they're going to get some guys from the Midwest, like Davis and, Evan, and, and and other guys. and One or two from Texas, one or two from Florida. So, not surprised at where the guys are coming from. Very impressed with the linebacker class. And, you know, it's not the biggest class, so you get a big class of linebackers, they're gonna be kind of slim on numbers elsewhere, but very impressive the linebackers and, and a lot of intangibles with this
0: group. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, And Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's
1: Chestnut Hill Technologies. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple: to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go and Eagles. Okay, so if we go through
0: about one uh, player by player, and you give us, uh, you know, twenty, thirty seconds on each player, and what are your thoughts? It sound good? Let us do it. Okay, first of all, right off the bat, David Bailey, running back from North Carolina.
2: This is somebody that BC coaches think is underrated and undervalued. He comes from a high school in North Carolina and Maryland. Does not pretty much talent. They did have another Notre Dame this year, but kind of off the beaten trail beaten path and recruiting and he had a monster and put up great numbers not the fastest guy in the world The speed for running back is overrated it's really about how you get off first contact and that's what creates the the big plays and he does that they think he's going to be in an outstanding back and a great good
0: and then uh, I hope I pronounced this right is it Kayeve Bennerman uh, from Poughkeepsie New York
2: I believe so but don't hold a gun to my head um, you know Bennerman <laughs> is a big big guy You know, he's kind of a tight end, kind of a defensive end. He played a lot of different positions, very versatile, we call him jumbo athlete. That's kind of what he is. He was very productive in his senior season. I think he's someone that came with BC, and so they feel like they knew more about him than some other schools. And, you know, maybe still a little bit raw, but they think over time he's got a pretty high upside.
0: Okay, Ryan Beetro, defensive tackle, Walpole, Mass. Also went to Lawrence Academy. Uh, BC fans might recognize that school. AJ Dillon went there, and a couple of recruits this year uh, from Lawrence Academy.
2: Yeah, rivals has Beetro as the number five player in the state, and uh, you know it's always good when you can lock down top five in-state talent. Um, you know he comes from from a program, Lawrence Academy, that's always been good to Boston College. You want to get that pipeline going, they trust the coaches there. They think that. Guys that come out of there are going to be well coached. He's got a lot of those intangibles and a big defensive tackle. They did well recruiting defensive tackles. And defensive tackle is the hardest position to recruit. There's a top many 300 pounder with the stamina and the quickness to play, you know, power five
0: football, and he's one of them. Okay. Now we go to one of the linebackers you talked about Hugh Davis, linebacker from Indianapolis Cathedral High School, the same high school that Matthias Kiwanuka came from, actually.
2: That's right. He's listed as, as an inside linebacker, and he's really a prototypical inside linebacker. He's somebody who I think is eventually going to play at about 230, 235, not the tallest guy, but fits the, the prototype for the inside linebacker spot. One of the one of the top ten players in Indiana, great high school, as you mentioned, uh, had some other impressive offers, Indiana, Syracuse, Cincinnati. Um, they got off to a slow start this year, but was one of the reasons if the people rebounded it had to stick down the track. So, in
0: Danville, it's a good throw. Okay, another linebacker Danville, New Jersey. New Jersey, such, such an important state for Boston College football recruiting. Uh, we have 6'1, 225 pounds, Nick Danucci.
2: This is one of the guys they're really excited about because he and it's going to be trained with the other linebackers. They just point to him and say, "We've had guys like this before, and the guys like this that we've had before have all almost all thrived." He's a blue-collar guy. He's faster than people would probably give him credit for if they just watched him quickly on film. Uh, one of the top 25 players in uh, in New Jersey. He's the, the second highest-rated Jersey
0: recruit that ET has, and obviously Campanelli is doing a really good job there. Another Campanelli get. Vinny De Palma, linebacker, Wayne, New Jersey.
2: Basically the same thing. You know, I, I would say um, these guys are, are a little bit different in terms of in terms of their build. Um, you know, I, I think um, De Palma is, is again, another blue collar guy. He could be an inside guy, I think he could also be an outside guy. One of the top 25 players in New Jersey. I want to say he even had better offers. He had Duke in Pittsburgh, Wisconsin. Um, so it's of pedigree just as Boston College and, and that's all good can
0: see. Okay, next guy, offense alignment, Lawrence Academy, Acton, Massachusetts. Rivals has him as the number two player in Massachusetts, uh, Vin Dursteen. Yeah,
2: this is the second straight year BC has signed one of the top two players in the state with A.J. Dillon last year, of course, being number one and it hasn't always been the case so they're doing a better job in state, helps that he was at Lawrence Academy. He's a monster. I mean, he's a huge guy. He's, uh, he's a, he's a, Highly rated kid. I was told by a th- program that they're a mate. that seems get bigger and bigger every time they, they're on the program a lot. So so it should continue to through line tradition well.
0: Okay, now we go down to the Ocean State. the Wide receiver, Providence, Rhode Island, uh, Jelani Galloway, one of the top-ranked players in Rhode Island, according uh, to rivals in 24-7 sports. He started the process as a
2: two-star, and the BC coaches, you know, they, they would. Tell me, off the record, people up, up close to Keith that they thought that was basically laughable. They thought that clearly the best receiver in New England. And I wrote the other day at the site they love him because it's separation. He can he, he has good moves at the line of scrimmage, gets off the ball, I'll see how he how how he gets bigger and breaks press covers, but it's really good separation. And uh, and he's got a good
0: build, um, better than his measurables would suggest. Next player is a, a cornerback from Pennsylvania, uh, Aaron Gethers.
2: Yeah, um, not a whole lot was written about this guy in media, but I know he did have numbers as a senior, but as a cornerback, that's actually a good thing. And for a big part of the first the first part of the season, uh, opponents just weren't growing towards him. He kind of called himself together Island um island. As, as a cornerback, he's got yeah, that cornerback mentality. He wants to be out on an island. He wants, he wants to be competitive in a corner one situation and he's a good cover corner Breaks on the ball well and uh has good body control and footwork
0: elijah jones is the next recruit defensive back from new york new york carnal haynes high school one of the top rated cornerbacks in new york
2: i asked somebody close to the program the other day if, if they felt like there were any other underrated or undervalued guys that they got and elijah jones was who they mentioned and uh, they just think that he's an explosive player. He could help right away as a return man, as a true freshman. I think he's going to play on special teams. The true freshman, so probably not a red shirt for him. And the interesting thing about Elijah Jones is he could legitimately be a safety, or he could be a receiver that blows the top off a defense. And, and at Boston College, I think it's going to be very tempting to put an athlete like that at wide receiver to help continue the offense's evolution.
0: And now we go to the quarterback position, uh, Wayne, New Jersey. Johnny Langan, 6'3, 225 pounds, Virgin Catholic.
2: Yeah, he's a really blue collar guy from a blue collar program that BC knows really well, a testament to how Boston College is recruiting in New Jersey. One of two quarterbacks in the class, and that was important to bolster the depth there longer term. He's a big guy, 6'3, keeps really quick together. He's a runner, but he's kind of like a physical runner. I hate to use the Debo comparison, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, he's got a way to go as a passer. He was turnover prone as a senior, so there's a lesser of the two quarterbacks as a passing prospect, but a great leader, A lot of intangibles and a tough,
0: tough player. Joey Lucetti, tight end, Waylon Matts, and, of course, Lawrence Academy. What do we know about Joey? Yeah, you
2: yeah, know, he's a, he's a big guy. He's a, he's a tight end. Boston College is always recruiting the tight ends. They love him. If you look at him 6'6", six, six, and you always – got to wonder if guys that are that size and high end are going to grow into an offensive lineman. And nobody told me that, but it's something to watch out for. He plays basketball, and that's why he couldn't take it the official thing time a lot of better guys. But a better athlete than people think for that size, it would be interesting to see how big he ultimately gets.
0: Next guy, he's a cornerback from Everett, Massachusetts. BC's had a lot of success over the years from Everett High School. Uh, Jason matter Yeah,
2: um – when, when I've asked about this guy, the first thing that's come up is they love that program. They love getting guys from his school um, because they think that they do a really good job coaching them up, and that just a pretty players. And Anytime you can get a guy from here it continues the pipeline, and they feel like he was one of the best skill position players in the region. He had some really big plays, close plays this year,
0: offensively, defensively, return man, and he's another versatile player. It'll be interesting, too, is their head coach, John DeBastio at Everett High, recently announced his retirement, or he's leaving the program, so that hopefully that pipeline for B.C. would be able to continue. Okay, next.
2: I would imagine that would be a priority, yeah.
0: <laughs> next guy, offensive lineman, uh, Highland Park, a great program in Texas. You talked about uh, Thomas Shelmere. Yeah, um.
2: The other Texas offensive line recruit, Tyler Vrabel, Schumacher is um, somebody that maybe not as well-known because his last name is not as well-known, but Highland Park is one of the best high school football programs in the country. 32 players from the school gone to D1 schools since Rivals started ranking guys, and his film is ridiculous. Now, I've been told that if you see him in person, you kind of look at him and you're like, is this the guy that was pancaking everybody and dominating everybody all season on film? Um but yeah, apparently his technique is just incredibly advanced and that makes up for some of the lack of size and apparently Fedasio was just wowed by him in a camp setting over the summer. So they feel good about their evaluation of him.
0: Okay, linebackers we go down south to Naples, Florida. Uh Joseph is it Soprasio, I believe. Linebacker five eleven, two hundred and twenty pounds.
2: That's right. Um Somebody told me about Prussia that it looks like his neck could support three heads. So he's <laughs> built—I mean, he's, he's built like a tank. And hes have I, I compared him to a fullback at Auburn. I noticed that, that, that the, the similarities are pretty uncanny. Chandler Cox, I remember, as a high school recruit, he's kind of that fullback, undersized linebacker, gives undersized, but he's more likely than other schools to take a guy that's between or undersized. They thrive with those guys. Um, he's already, you know, built like you'd want him to build. Looks like it's in a college weight program, and just as tough as nails, he got it through and through.
0: Okay, back to the garden state we go. Evan Stewart, linebacker, Sparta, New Jersey, uh, St. Joseph's High School, 6'2, 205 pounds.
2: Yeah, he's got to get bigger, but that's not a concern because, you know, he's got the frame and the proportion to support weight. I suspect the weight program will do him a lot of good in the air don't want to get too big because I think he's a really good athlete. And uh, I, I was told that the people who think that he's a fake, some people have read like flips in a safety. they haven't seen his film. You know, in spite of his relative lack of size compared to the linebackers, he takes on block, blows blocked up, can play in the box. He's a physical player, pound for pound, really strong. I get the impression he's one of the guys they're most excited about.
0: Next prospect, familiar name, John Tessator, kicker. You might know his father, Joe, uh, ESPN, ABC broadcaster. Uh, he comes from Wallingford, Connecticut, Chote, Rosemary Hall.
2: That's another school that Boston College and other regional schools frequently recruit. And, you know, all I can say is they singled him out very early in the process. He was a priority guy. They locked him down. It's not all that common to devote a scholarship to a, to a specialist. And when they do, it's going to be a clear need. And so he'll be competing for a job before a lot of the other players in this class, and they feel like he's one of the better pickers in the region.
0: And then lastly, we go right back to the quarterback position, and uh, from Fordham Prep, Matt Velassi.
2: And needed to gain weight early in the process, but they were comfortable taking him because they looked at his dad and said, There's no way this guy's not getting thinner. And sure enough, he got bigger, and they feel really good about him as well. Obviously, you've got to imagine that pedigree, that athletic pedigree, and father's knowledge of the game. He's going to
0: show up ready to play. Okay, Justin, the last minute or two that we have with you, thank you again. Uh, first of all, just question. <laughs> excuse me, we talked about a lot of positives. What are, you know, everyone we might not mention, what are some negatives that you think BC might not have addressed in this recruiting class they could look towards next year? Well,
2: the first question, Mark, is what's going to happen with Tyler Day. Tyler Day, the defensive back from Syracuse, did not sign and I'm told he comes from a great family, done a lot of work from through his academic situation, but they're really at the mercy of the admissions department, which, to BC's credit, I think, um, doesn't just shuffle guys through and make a joke of the process. Um, so we'll find out probably sometime in January what's going to happen with them. Um, you know, they were after Devontae that piece They were after Eddie Wilson, a guy formerly committed to the press school guy. I don't know who else they're going to add. They might have a spot or two left. We'll see there, um, they, they didn't add a lot of guys at some positions. and they, I think they addressed needs, but they didn't get a defensive end in this class, and, and I think that's one thing that they'll have to target more in the next class, probably defensive end, wide receiver. If your number next will be bigger, bigger class some spots.
0: And then last question for me, Justin. What Nationally, how is BC viewed amongst the ACC and then uh, other conferences for the recruiting. Do you think they've gained a little more respect this year because of their uh, late surge in the season?
2: I think they did. I think the perception of BC as a program certainly improved this year. Now, recruiting, fans on the side are going to remember you know, 10, 10, 12 years ago when BC was pulling in several four star recruits, the occasional five star recruits, and they're not get back to that, sure, that's what you have to strive for. It's a little bit more difficult with Notre Dame camping out with Ohio State camping out with Penn states rise as a recruiting power, but they're having to do it a different way. They're spread out a little bit more geographically in some of the power centers, Texas, Florida, so they've adjusted, still hitting the Midwest. They're not getting the same top, top in power, but they proved this year that if you get improved quarterback play and, and everything else converges, you can still be one of the better teams in the ACC, even without the with four- and five-star players. I, I will say, to compete with Clemson, Florida State for division title, they would be well-served if they could lock down more four-star four, four star players.
0: Well, it should be interesting. Justin, thank you so much for the time, and we'll be watching BC in the bowl game next Wednesday against Iowa at the Pinstripe Bowl. Thanks a lot. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amage Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's Chestnut Hill
1: Technologies. At Stone and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin''s three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go eagles well thanks so much for justin Rowland for a couple minutes here joining us on the
0: lights camera sports podcast presented by chestnut hill technology like to remind everybody if you're a bc football fan you need to be part of the bc football gridiron club just go to bcfootballgridiron.com for more details and to sign up as always thank you so much for listening this is mike galtieri signing off we'll see you again next week